Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. You may be seated in the presence of God tonight. Well, TCF Nation, it is so good to be with you tonight. I'm so excited for all of you who are here and all of you who are tuning in all around the world. Welcome again. You are our family no matter where you live, no matter what state you are in. We are so glad we got people all over the country who watches and we thank God for you. Either they uh, stream in or they watch on demand. And so we believe that God has a word specifically for you. And I believe that God has given me a word specifically for the season that we are heading in, um, that we are heading in. And I believe that God is going to speak to us tonight uh, in such a mighty way. We are starting a ser new series um, entitled Ready, Set, Go. Um, put that in the comment section. Ready, set, go. Shout it out in here. Ready, set, go. Last Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, God woke me up around five o'clock so in the morning and then God began to uh, share with me certain things prophetically about the political landscape that our country will be going in and certain things that are set to come and I'll share that at a later date but um one of the things that he gave me as an instruction and in my quiet time with him was that he wanted me to warn the people to um and it was this specifically that um do not fail to prepare because of how uncertain, unstable, and volatile things may look on the earth. He said, the Holy Spirit says, divine opportunities do not always come in favorable conditions. And so I am on a mission, uh, and that's part of the reason why we will be doing a fast the week before Thanksgiving, because it is, I'm on an assignment for these next few weeks and month as we end the year, is to get you prepared for what is to come. There are divine opportunities that God is gonna open up. If you believe it, say amen. The premise of this new series, Ready, Set, Go, ladies and gentlemen, is to discuss the importance of readiness and being prepared for divine opportunities. Say divine opportunities. <laughs> Await for those who are prepared. <laughs> All right, so because of that, I want to talk to you and take your attention to 1 Samuel 17, chapter 17, and it's on the screen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you have it, uh, if you're watching on YouTube or watching on your TV screen, or if you're here, it's on our screens here as well. I'll be reading from th verse 31 and to verse 37. And the scripture records, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Verse 32 says, then David said to Saul, let no, man heart, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. The next scripture says, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and 
he a man of war from his youth? But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, David said in verse 30, uh, in verse Verse 35, well, verse 37, I see. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord will, and the Lord, excuse me, go and the Lord be with you. The Lord be with you. I want to talk to you from the subject, um, the bear and the lion, the bear and the lion. All right, the bear and the lion. I wish uh, we had verse 35 there, but that's okay. I'm just going to explain to you everything that's happening within this text. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're here in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel, uh, the 17th chapter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't like saying that it is a familiar account that's happening. Uh, this right here in the scripture refers to David and Goliath, right? So I will tell you that most people know about David and the Goliath story. Even those who are not saved and believers know about the story. I hate using the word story because it's really it's really a historic uh, moment. But uh, this account that happened in scripture about uh, David and Goliath here. All right. And so um, just to, to really be brief, because there's so many, many sermons within this one uh, uh, within this one account here that if I really spent time to go in detail, this sermon would be longer than what I actually prefer for it to be. All right. So I'm not going to do that. But here in 1 Samuel, just to set the scene for you briefly, we have it where as though that uh, Israel and 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 um, and the Philistines are at war with one another. The Philistines, ladies and gentlemen, have been foes to or enemies, uh, per se, to the children of Israel for a while. Uh, so they've always been at constant war with one another. And so here we have it that for the last 40 days, there has been a standstill between them, between the, the, the army of Israel and the army of the Philistines. And the scripture, and this is all happening in the Valley of Elah. Uh, Eliah, excuse me, in the Valley of Eliah, and this is happening here, and they're both at a standstill. And the scripture tells us that there was one from the Philistines, their champion, that went before them. His name was Goliath from Gath. Matter of fact, Goliath would be a descendant, considered a descendant of Anakin. If you don't know what that is, Anakin, ladies and gentlemen, though they were known to be giants. When you hear uh, in the Old Testament uh, about when the uh, uh, spies went to go spy out the land of the promised land, they said there were giants that were there. That was a part of the tri uh, 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 this people called uh, uh, of Anakin, this tribe of Anakin where they were giants. You're talking about uh, Goliath, ladies and gentlemen, was told to be about eight foot five to nine feet tall. That's a tall brother. I mean, that, that's taller than Yao Ming and Shaq. I mean, they, these are tall dude. Goliath is tall, man, I'm telling you. And, and so for the last 40 days, this brother has been going out, man, and taunting the children of Israel. He's been taunting them. He's been pretty much saying, pick anybody. I'll beat them. Pick anybody. I'm ready to fight somebody. Every time, they, every time they came to face one another, the, people of, uh, the, uh, the children of Israel army drew back. 
Because they was like, no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last 40 days, even King Saul has been trying to get one of his guys to fight. Say, listen, I'll pay your taxes off. You can have my wife. Do whatever if somebody would just come and just fight him. <laughs> Please. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> come and fight Goliath. And nobody was trying to take that offer. Some would say, and this is what, I, this is what I, I, I was amazed about, well, why didn't King Saul go and fight him? Because King Saul knew that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. Because if the Spirit of the Lord had not departed from Saul, Saul would have been the one to fight Goliath. Hallelujah. But, but Saul already knew he'd been fired in God's eyes in, Samuel chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 15. That God pretty much rejected him because of his disobedience. And so as the story, excuse me, as the story progresses, ladies and gentlemen, we find a man by the name of David. Here in this text, ladies and gentlemen, David, ladies and gentlemen, gets uh, uh, instruction from his father, Jesse, to then go uh, to the field where his brothers were, his three oldest brothers, who was named uh, 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 Eliab, uh, Abinadab, and Shammah, right? And so he was going, he's supposed to go up there, bring them food, and, and then bring back a, a word about how everything is happening on the battlefield. All right. And so when David gets up there, ladies and gentlemen, when David gets there, he realizes that, man, there's so much terror in the going on right now. He sees that there's this giant right there and he's saying all of this crazy nonsense. And David gets on the field and say, who is this Philistine that defiled the army of the Lord? Who is this guy? David is the only one, ladies and gentlemen, who is on here and is not afraid. He's trying to figure out why is there such an issue going on here? Why is there such a problem? That's what David's trying to figure out. So he gets on the field, brings the stuff uh, uh, to his brothers. He gets in the line, ladies and gentlemen. He finally gets to his older brother. His older brother's saying, what are you doing here? I can't even get, to, I can't go too far in the story because if I go too far, that's a sermon in itself. Because the sermon in that is this, ladies and gentlemen, that people will think that you come with ill intentions. Why do I know this? It's because his brother's saying, it's like, why are you doing here running your mouth about that? All you want to do is see somebody fight and be killed or something like that. He said, I know your cruel and evil heart. David said, what did I do? In other words, some people say that he was just asking a question. What's the problem with me asking a question? And then David continued for what he said because they just thought that, oh, look at this young punk. He's just a 14-year-old person around this time, 14 years old, and, and he's just walking around with these big ideals. He's so prideful. He's so arrogant. David thinks, oh, he don't know what he's been slurring out to us. He don't know what he's been saying. You don't, do you, do you not see how big Goliath is? And so everybody is looking at the physical, uh, is looking at the natural that this guy Goliath is bigger than us. Not realizing in the spiritual that God had already given them the victory. So again, you notice that this is an unfavorable moment right now. The condition of this is that they're at war. And you got this big giant in the name of Goliath trying to fight against the children of Israel who seem puny to him. They like nothing to him. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a what I call a perfect opportunity in an imperfect time. 
<laughs> you think that the opportunity is going to come when everything is perfect. But maybe there's one that's going to rise up in imperfect conditions. And when in that imperfect condition, there's a perfect opportunity to then allow God to rise in that situation. Are you hearing me tonight? So can I go a little further in the story? So David goes there, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'm abbreviating all of this because, uh, again, I can't go into that because, again, he had he thought a certain thing towards his brother. He did, really didn't think much of his brother, to be honest with you, because uh, uh, as we pretend, uh, as we continue to go, we finally get to verse 31, and they, and 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 and, and uh, uh, Saul gets word that you know somebody said that they would be willing to challenge him. He said, "Okay, bring him to me." He so he summons them uh, to to him, and <laughs> Saul. So pretty sure saw this is just my imagination it's like what in the world you go fight him here's the reason why i say this because you have to understand that this is not david's first meeting with saul this is not david's first meeting with saul matter of fact uh, saul does not know david as a man of war he doesn't know david as that type of dude he knows david as a skillful musician all right now, that's another sermon within itself, because what we find is, is that after uh, uh, God took his spirit away from Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15, after then David is then anointed as the new king in God's eyes in 1 Samuel chapter 16, later on in the verses of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see that Saul's spirit is vexed. And the only thing that could soothe Saul because the spirit of the Lord departed from him was music. There was a person in the king's court that recommended a boy from Bethlehem. His name is David. So David, oh my God, has been splitting time between the king's court and also in the field. Ha! My God here, how, ladies and gentlemen, we can imply according to the text. Come on now. We can apply according to the text or we can make an inference to say this, ladies and gentlemen, that they may have known of what David was doing. Because how would they say bring us the best musician and somebody would think of David? Why? Because he was what? Prepared. Ha! So his preparation of his skill set in music got him to the king's court to play. But now his skill set in another thing, in another area, ladies and gentlemen, would get him even further in the king's graces. Ah, oh my God. Are you seeing how you have to be ready and you have to be prepared? So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, you get to verse 31 here. Verse 31 and 32, it says, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported to Saul and he sent him. And then here's what David said. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David volunteered himself. He said, let no man's heart fail him over here. Don't let nobody's heart fail him. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. He's like, listen, I will go and fight this man said, I will go, I will go and I will take this, I will take it on. And here's what, 
Here's what Saul said. And Saul said to him, David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he uh, and he a man of war from his youth. So here we have it that Saul already disqualified him by his age. Now, let me give you some understanding here is that at this moment, the reason why Jesse's three oldest sons went to represent their family is because Jesse was advanced in years. So his three sons now are responsible to represent him in war. And so when you move from there, he's looking at David. David, he knows him as a musician. What is this little musician going to do against this guy? So he's looking at him in that way and already disqualifying him, not knowing that David has experience. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Not understanding that David has already been, oh, my God, prepared for this moment all of his life. Oh, my God. I mean, let me tell you something. The things and the experiences that you and I go through in your life are not in vain, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you now, don't you despise your small beginning and where you come from. Because the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, all they are, nothing more than stepping stones to where God is taking you next. And so he gets there, ladies and gentlemen. He said, listen, he already disqualifies him, but David don't care about what Saul has to say. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what certain things you look like you're not qualified for. The list can say that you're not qualified for it, but God had other plans. God was already doing things in David that even when David looked back in this moment, David said, listen here. He said, Saul, listen here, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Let me give you background story here. Ladies and gentlemen, David, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is a shepherd. Matter of fact, let me give you the understanding about shepherds in that day. Shepherds, ladies and gentlemen, in the Old Testament time and in that time period was the lowliest occupation a person could have. Matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, people did not, people, uh, wealthy landowners, ladies and gentlemen, would give that job to men and also young boys who they did not feel that were uh, uh, eligible or, or, or uh, for, or for dignified work, ladies and gentlemen. And so that's what they would give uh, that to. And because David was the youngest of all of his brothers, that job of tending the sheep fell upon him. And so with that job, ladies and gentlemen, shepherds in that time were considered outcasts. They were considered the slum, ladies and gentlemen, because of the type of work they did. It was not a pretty job, ladies and gentlemen. It was not a job that people gleamed and glammed for. That's why I don't understand why so many people want to be pastors over different people, not understanding that when you get in this job, it's not something that people look up to you for. There's something we're coming in an age now that pastors are looked at as scum. That the reference for that position is diminishing. But let me keep going. So according to them, they were insignificant outcasts. Listen, David was such an outcast and insignificant in his own father's eyes that he didn't even allow his son to even come in when Samuel was trying to anoint the next king. That's how bad, that's how bad David was looked at in his own father's eyes. 
That's why when Samuel got there, ladies and gentlemen, and he went and put the horn over a horn over each one. No, nah, that ain't it. He's not it. Listen, you got to have somebody that's it in here. He was not even he wasn't initially invited in. Hallelujah. But because God had a plan for David. No matter how insignificant he may have seemed in his father's eyes, his heavenly father had a greater plan for David's life. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight that some of you may be insignificant in other people's eyes, but God has a plan for your life. God has a design for your life. And while other people may not think that you're qualified for it, while other people, ladies and gentlemen, may look over you and may seem that you're an outcast, God actually said, no, you're a perfect candidate for who I'm going to use and get the glory out of. So David, ladies and gentlemen, God brings him in. God brings him in. Hallelujah. Because he was considered an outcast and insignificant. And in this moment, Saul is thinking the same thing about David. And so listen here. When you have to understand this, he makes this very plain. He said, listen here. You don't understand. I was tending my father's sheep. That means I was a shepherd. You don't understand that I've already been through because when you're a shepherd, you are in elements that you cannot control. I've already been in positions late. Oh, my God, saw that. Listen, that it was it, my life was on the line because I was protecting another man's stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reality of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that what David starts telling his case to Saul, he sets the record straight and say, first of all, the fields were my level of preparation. Hallelujah. He may have been prepared from his youth, but so was I. It was the field that prepared me. Hallelujah. Ah, it was the field that prepared me. I don't know what may have prepared you, but there are certain things that God has been doing in your life. And you've been trying to figure out why you had to go through this and go through that. And you had to take this way instead of taking that way. It's because God was preparing you for you to get to Goliath. Hallelujah. And so he was in the fields, ladies and gentlemen, having to take care of the sheep. Ladies and gentlemen, if you understand anything about shepherding and sheep, ladies and gentlemen, sheep are prone to wander off. Sometimes sheep are prone to wander themselves in dangerous positions. And David's saying, listen, I was tending my father's father's sheep, man. You don't understand, uh, Saul, that even with that, I had to understand in that moment. And, 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 and God was teaching me humility to be faithful over this. Can I help you? Can I help you? Ladies and gentlemen, what God is trying to get us to understand, TCF Nation, is that we must be faithful over what we have now. We must be faithful over the few. You got to understand in your level of preparation, you can't get to Goliath without being faithful over what you first had first. All right. Let's see here. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Let's see this. He who is faithful in what? Is least is faithful and also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. 
So if you're faithful over the least of things, you will also be faithful with, faithful with the abundance of things because you were faithful over the little you had. But if you're not faithful over the little you have, the scripture says, and he was unjust is the least is unjust also in much. So if you took what you have for granted now, you will take for granted when you have more. So if you are unjust with little things, you'll be unjust with more. Hear me. Hear me. He in that moment, God was teaching David humility. In that moment, he was entrusting David because how can you be a king of people if you can't be a steward over sheep? How can God entrust you with his own people if you, if he can't, entr if you can't even handle your father's sheep? And so what David says is, listen, I was handling another person's stuff. I was handling, I was faithful in my preparation. See, a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we get all uh, complaining and when God is preparing us and we say, oh, I don't want to do this. David could have easily done that, but David did it with joy. David did it with joy because he understood that he had an assignment. Yeah, it may seem insignificant why I'm doing this business now. Yeah, it may seem insignificant to you. May it don't seem much to you, but guess what? When I finally get there you'll understand that when I was in my fields when I was sewing things together when I was staying up night writing things together you don't understand that that's preparing me you don't understand that I'm getting ready for something because I've been faithful over the few you didn't understand why I was coming here Sunday after Sunday preaching as hard as I was doing and getting things ready for the things to come because I was getting myself ready for the abundance that is coming to me he said, come on, you say you got to be faithful in this season. You got to be faithful in this season. You got to be faithful even in coronavirus season. You got to be faithful even when COVID is coming. You got to stick your head, keep your hand to the plow and keep it moving. So hear me. He says, listen, I was tending my father-in-law's sheep, but here is what I've been blessed with. He said, listen, you don't get it. But David said, listen, when a lion and bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, let me give you what verse 35 says really quickly because it was not, we didn't, we weren't able to get that on there for you. And I, we apologize about that. Verse 35 says it like this. Watch it. He says, I went out after him and attacked him. This is verse 35. It said, and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Verse 36 says it this way. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he was taunting, uh, since he, he has taunted the armies of the living God. Here is what David said. He said, listen, I have to go up against the bear and the lion. Hallelujah. Help me. Let me give you a understanding tonight is that God you let me let me tell you something tonight the reality is is that the bears and lions were prominent in oh my God in, in Palestine that they were very prominent and the reality is ladies and gentlemen is that they were foes of sheep ladies and gentlemen and so what David said when the bear tried to come and snatch one of mine I didn't go just sit there and let, oh what I'm gonna do he said I went and fought after it 
my God. In that moment, God was teaching David. He said, are you going to be courageous when the bear come? Are you going to be courageous when you got to go and face the lion? Because Goliath ain't going to be nothing to you if you can beat bears and beat the lion. The bear and the lion, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why I entitled this message The Bear and the Lion is because they are really, ladies and gentlemen, the highlight of this whole story. Hallelujah. We look at Goliath, but you don't realize it was the bear and the lion that prepared David to face Goliath. It was what God, oh my God, it's what God used the bear and the lion to teach him how to fight. Jesus, I praise you tonight. It was the bears and the lions of your life that taught you how to be courageous, that taught you how to stand up to adversity. It was the bear and the lion. When the bear came, he said, I didn't just sit there and let the bear come and eat my stuff. I went there and tried him. Hallelujah, how this young shepherd boy come up in there with so much confidence and they got all these jokers who are older than him and they scared because it was in the field when they seen that was insignificant and outcast. God was preparing his heart for him to face Goliath. Hallelujah. Sweet God, I praise you now. Psalm 144. Psalm 144. Oh, man. I'm missing some stuff here. That's fine. Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Listen. He said the bear and the lion. When you see that when it's said in scripture, ladies and gentlemen, when it's said in scripture, I grabbed them by his beard, ladies and gentlemen. We both know that bears and lions do not have a beard. And the Hebrew language is translated as chin, ladies and gentlemen, that he went. And, and we can also make an inference or imply that he fought him, ladies and gentlemen, with his shepherd's rod, ladies and gentlemen. And so what we come to realize, it was the bear and the lion through that, ladies and gentlemen that he already been up against stuff that was already bigger than him hallelujah you got to understand david was a young boy he was young he was a teenager fighting up against animals that were a lot stronger and vicious than him and so when you have been accustomed to something and you've been accustomed to fighting this was I, oh my god i would back up oh my god i would submit to you tonight to tell you that he did not just have one experience with bears and lions but he had multiple experiences with the bear and the lions because sheep will always Try to go away. She will wonder. She was already you're in the uh, elements and you're open to anything. And David had to learn how to be sharp. David had to learn how you go about fighting. What is the weakest points of the bear? What is the weakest points of the lion? Sharpening his skills for war. So when Goliath got there, he already knew what to do. It was the bear and the lion. He said, he, and this is a psalm of David because David would know Psalm 144. He said, he trained my hands for war. You don't know what I was doing in the fields. My hands were being prepared for war. My feet was being stripped for war. He taught me in the field. Oh my God, he taught me in the field. What is the field of your preparation tonight? What is the field of your preparation? Because in the field of his preparation, he had to go up against bears and the lion. 
and that taught him how to fight hallelujah it taught him how to fight can i also help you and understand something about the bears and the lions you go up against in your life is that only that but the bear and the lion teach you how to trust god hallelujah the bear and the lion teaches you how to trust god because in that moment that not only not only did god teach him how to fight the bear and the lion but god also teach taught him that he is faithful to bring him through even when the bears and the lions that he had to face god was able he said that the god who delivered me from the paw of the bear and delivered me from the paw of the lion shall will deliver me from the hand of this philistine the only way you get to know that is through your experience complaining about what you gotta go through to get there y'all appreciate it because eventually opportunity is coming and you gotta step up to the plate believe even in Nigeria right now with this SARS thing coming uh, there'll be a leader that's gonna rise up in the mix uh, that say listen I'm not afraid of the government I'm not afraid of the government I believe there's leaders even in America that are raising up from the ground that God will call because in their community they had to go up against the bears they had to go up against the lion and finally I'm coming to knock out Goliath hallelujah This blessed me all week long because it was like, man, let me think about it. Man, let me tell you something. A, a church as of our size, ladies and gentlemen, really, the coronavirus really should really knock us out. But when you've been through the fire of 17 and you got to the fire of 18, when you get the moments like this, it's a walk in the park. Why? Because in your experience with God, God showed you that he would keep you. Look at somebody say God will keep you when you go through the fire, when you've gone through it, it don't mean nothing to you because you've seen it already, you've seen it through the bear and the lion. Woo, oh my God, hallelujah, I've seen it through the bear and the lion, and said the same God that delivered me there. Well, deliver me from Goliath, deliver me from Goliath. Look at somebody say ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four. I'm telling you now, you better be prepared. You better get yourself ready. You better stand up to the bears and the lions. Cause if you can't stand up to the bears and the lions, when your divine opportunity comes, where you gotta slay Goliath, you're not gonna be ready. You're gonna be a coward just like everybody else in the field. But the way you separate yourself from the pack is with courage, with your experience. That's what brings you into that place. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 17 he says but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion <sighs> here it is verse 18 and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work 
and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Even Paul said to Timothy in his letter to his son in the faith, he said, listen, but the Lord stood with me. And I believe that Paul was encouraging Timothy that God stood with me and surely he's going to stand with you. He said, and he strengthened me. And not only Paul even said, I was delivered from the mouth of the lion, that the mouth of the lion did not take me over. But God delivered me. God showed David that also that he was delivered from, oh my God, the Paul of the lion and of the bear. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Can I give you something? He said, if the God, he said, the same God that will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. When I researched this some more, hallelujah. And I begin to, because here's the thing. David goes more into detail of how he beat the bear than he did the lion. The reality of what I learned, ladies and gentlemen, that in this text, David foreshadowed and what he was taught was a foreshadow about how he would go and knock out Goliath. How do I know this? Because in study, ladies and gentlemen, I realize that the head of a bear is the weakest part on him. One of the theologians named Pliny would say that one of the weakest parts of a bear is the head. That's why you realize that when he said, I struck him out, when I struck him right near the chin, near the head, the head, when you take, if you, if you know where to, if you know how to knock him out by its head, one blow will be enough to take it out. And the last time I checked, David, it only took one to knock out Goliath. Why? Because he knew how to fight the bear. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. All you need is one opportunity. All you need is one opportunity. One stone. Drop that thing back and twirl it. Because the reality is, is that it was through the bear and the lion that David was able to stand up. When you are in preparation, you know how to defeat what is trying to defeat you. You try to find it is at its weakest moments. And that's what you take advantage of, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what David learned through it all. That God would give him strategy for victory. And God will also give him, the oh God, deliver him through it. And some of you need a strategy for the next year of your life. Some of you need a, oh my God, really take your preparation seriously. And really put your boots to the ground. And fight. Don't you just stare at the bear and look at it and say, how? coronavirus gonna be me don't you just look at the lion and say oh i'm so helpless no you're not helpless no you have a god that's giving you the strength to get through oh my god the bear and the lion because it was in his readiness he oh my goodness it was in his readiness. And so when he made this case to Saul, oh my God, here's what encouraged me. When he made this, oh my God, his case, he said, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And this is what got me encouraged. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I told you, ready, set, 
go all now David was prepared all his life but I believe that you guys in TCF ladies and gentlemen and TCF nation because you've been prepared at a moment you about to get the clearance because I was clear because my training with the bear God looked at and said you ready now I'll give you the full go ahead and stand up to Goliath Why was David not really caring about Goliath? He didn't care because he already knew his experience with God. He already had the faith in God to know this man is nothing. He know God's reputation. The reputation of God wouldn't even allow them to be beaten by this uncircumcised Philistine. He said, who is this guy? The final army of the Lord. He said, listen, we're going to knock him down. I'm going to take him down. Don't let If you don't do it, I'll step up to the player. If nobody else wants to come up and do it, then somebody, God is looking for somebody who would defeat the bad Goliath and say, I'm ready to go after Goliath. If you believe it, shout yes. Goliath don't mean nothing. Goliath comes with a breeze. David didn't sweat. It didn't take him much to be Goliath. Oh my God, I thought the bear and the lion was a lot harder than Goliath. Because when you go through what you go through, when you finally get your moment, it's oh my God, it comes with an ease. It comes with a breeze. Why? Because you were already prepared for this. Look at somebody say, you better get ready. Put in that section and say, you better get ready. You better get prepared. Cause I tell you now All I need is a clearance All I need is a clearance I'm telling oh my God I came to prophesy Over your life tonight To say that you're about to get the clearance Because you were battle tested With the bear and the lion Look at somebody say I'm battle tested I've been tested for this All the hell I went through Prepare me for this Me being faithful Has prepared me for this God teaching me how to fight has prepared me for this and now I'm ready to go hallelujah 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 and what shall we say unto these things if God be for you who can give who be can be against you hallelujah <laughs> the same God that was with you with the bear and the lion will be with you against Goliath and here's what happened it was a David rose up in a time this was his divine opportunity but can I ask you this was it a favorable moment was it a favorable time no it was a time of war but in the midst of war, God rose up a man. <laughs> in the midst of all of this, God will raise up a man. God will raise up a woman for such a time as this. And Saul prayed over him and said, Lord, be with you. You better understand tonight that God will be with you. That God will be with you. The same God that showed you how to defeat the bear and the lion. You're going to learn, you're going to know how to beat Goliath. Goliath is easy to beat when you know how to beat the bear and the lion. Stand in your feet and say, ready, set, go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ready to defeat Goliath now. 
Hallelujah. I'm ready to feed Goliath. I need somebody in here and say, I'm ready to feed him tonight. I'm ready to defeat the Goliaths of my life because I've been prepared in the middle, in the middle of wrestling against the bear and the lion. And God is with me. And God is on my side. And the same thing that God told Joshua, he said to only be strong and to only be courageous. I came tonight to tell somebody, only be strong and only be courageous courageous for our God is with you tonight our God is with you tonight hallelujah all I need is that clearance <laughs> hallelujah and with one shot and guess what with one shot he went for the head of Goliath because he knew how to beat the bear he said I've been dealing with things that were bigger than me all my life that's why the moment won't be too big for you because you've been dealing with stuff all your life that was bigger than you, that you had to face. Said, I'm ready for the moment, but will you, but are you going to take your training seriously in the field, wrestling against the bear and the lion? Oh my God. Will you be faithful over the few? Will you be faithful over the few? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you tonight, but I tell you the truth, this encouraged me so much because I'm telling you now, when you get to where you are, you're going to thank God that you had to wrestle against the bear and the lion. Was it easy? No. Was it hard? Yes. Was it tiring? Yes. But it will all make the difference when you go in there. And what they saw was insignificant. The scripture says the last shall be first. Oh my God. Because later on, you see that Saul killed his thousand. But David killed more than Saul. Why? Because God raised that man up for such a time as this. Because he was a man after God's own heart. Oh my God. And God gave him the victory. Hallelujah. Put in that chat section and say, God has given me the victory. Come on, put it in the house tonight that God has given me the victory. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.